Welcome to Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. I'm your host, Dr. William Baker. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about judging others. Now, everyone can relate to judging others. At some point, everyone has made a judgment about someone else. Now, there's nothing wrong with making a judgment about someone else. And I will explain how you can judge someone without crossing that line. Now, in society, we all look at people, everyone out there, and we say, gee, look at them. They're, you know, dirty. Their clothes are raggy or their clothes are, you know, very expensive. They have the, the best. They have the worst. Look at them. Their hair's not kept up. They're just filthy, you know, and uh, or they seem stuck up or you name it. You know, th that's going to happen in society. We're always going to look at people because of how they look, what they have, and we're going to make judgments. It's It's a natural human trait. We shouldn't do it, but it's a natural thing because we're fleshly beings and we're weak. Now... Politics, you know, so we've got several things going on here. Politics is a larger layer of that. And why is it important? We've got different layers to this onion of judging. You know, first we've got ourselves and we've got others in our immediate circles. And then we can expand that to be, you know, different larger communities, and it could be communities of any size, your town, state, province, country, the world, continents. So that's how you can slice up, you know, judging and a little bit of stereotyping in there. And God doesn't want us to judge. Not like that. We are going to go over Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 6 today, talking about judging others. But politicians, when we think about politicians, especially in the United States, uh, where I'm located, you've got two main parties, Republican and Democratic parties. They get absolutely nothing done. Now, as Christians, we have a responsibility to take action, make good decisions, and elect people who are going to represent our values, morals, ethics, standards. They're going to represent, you know, the Christian foundation that this nation was found on. But they don't look like they do that, do they? They're weak. They bicker back and forth. They fight. They don't want to get anything done. They want to do what they need to do, what they think they need to do to get reelected. It's not about getting reelected. You weren't put there to get reelected. You were put there for the people. If the people choose to reelect you, that's fine. But you need to produce something. You need to get something done for the people. And you're not doing it. And that's a problem. Because we should be strengthening our Christian foundation. Instead, they're up there. Oh, look at this person. They went here. They did this. They did this. They did that. Well, they're doing the same things. What are you talking about? Everyone up there is guilty. Everyone's guilty. There's only one person who's not guilty. That's God. But we don't want 
so severely handicap people, you know, like they are in government right now, in government. As Christians, we should want people who reflect on the Christian values, morals, ethics, standards, what God says, and they put that into action. That's who we need in government. And it doesn't mean being extreme. It means understanding what God is saying. There's a lot of people out there who don't understand how to interpret what the Bible says, what God meant by it. That's a problem. It's not just the people out there that don't understand. There's a lot of preachers out there that don't understand that are preaching and spreading false messages. And really, to the preachers out there, I say, get your head out of your butt. You know, get some education about that. Learn how to read the Bible, because most of you don't know how to read it. I'm going to call out a couple people right here. There's several preachers that you see on TV, television, if you have television, some of the radio podcasts, some of the radio shows on the air. Joel Osteen. I'm calling Joel Osteen out. His father was a preacher. He's a flim-flam man, Joel Osteen, out there with his wife. And, I, and I'm not, you know, calling him out just because. I was in Houston one day at the hotel next door. They had just finished up sermon. And his staff was in the elevator with me. They were talking about the all the money that they had made that day just from in church and some other money they had made. And it wasn't what was coming in from the TVs and other stuff, but they, they were talking about it. And they were talking, oh, we've, we got $10 million from... You know, I, I said I was I didn't say anything, but I was thinking in my head, ten million dollars. Oh my God. How many people could you help with ten million dollars? A lot. You could help a lot of people. Now my question is, when things get bad, does he? Nope. He sure doesn't. So I'm calling him out. He could take me to court if he wants. That's fine. Those of you out there that like Joel Osteen, you better think twice. Him and his wife, Victoria, like the money. They think they're better than everyone else. Now, I don't have a log in my eye. I'm looking at it clearly. His people were actually, his staff was actually mad. You know, he had talked with them and they were mad because they didn't get the kind of money they were expecting. But they had $10 million that, that day, and it wasn't enough. Wow, really? I, I can't believe that. I mean, come on now. I mean, you, you got some money coming in there. I don't know what revenue streams you have, but, you know, how many times you get that every month. But that's still not bad. If you do that every month, that's $120 million a year. At least. But wait, you live in a $40 million house, don't you? And you have a couple houses. They aren't 
all $40 million, of course, or $10 million or something like that. But you know, maybe you've got $40 million. That's that's what it was. I think at the one time I had researched it, you had an accumulated wealth of $40 million, but it was rising. And then the houses were way up there and, you know, $300 haircuts. And I know you've got to look pretty and, you know, you've got to put that face on and that makeup. Yeah, I'm judging him, but I'm not doing it with a log in my eye. I'm very humble in how I live, and I help a lot of people with the money I've given. There's others. There's others out there on TV. There's others out there in the radio sphere. Be careful who you give your money to. They're more like, you know, self-esteem people. Self-help. You want to build yourself up. Well, they're not preachers. They don't understand what the Bible means. They can say what the Bible says. They may put a good story to it that they're pulling out of their butt. Not true. Put them on a lie detector. See how many are lying about things. Guarantee every one of them. Well, 99%. We'll leave some little, little bit of room in there. But, you know... You've got to, I'm using that as an extreme example. But you've got to look at things clearly. God wants us. God wants us as Christians to look at everything with a discerning eye. You know, look at it, understand it. Is it true? Is it real? Is it a bunch of crap? If it is, we need to understand that, know that. Now this ties into what we're going to be talking about today, judging others. And there are ways to judge others, but there's also a time when you need to cut people loose. So we're going to go ahead and jump into Matthew 7, verse 1, uh, judging others and see where it goes. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, that first section there. He's telling us not to judge. Or the judgment we pronounce, we're going to be judged. And with the measure, it's going to use it to measure us. Now, I mentioned there is a way you can look at people and kind of judge them without falling into that trap. But in general, God doesn't want us to judge other people. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know the circumstances. We don't know their relationship with God. We shouldn't do that. We should be worried about our relationship with God, not other people. You know, if we're spending all that time judging other people and stuff, we're not God. Why are we judging them? Worry about our own relationship with God. And what we can do to bring people to God. If you're so inclined to do that. Otherwise, strengthen your relationship with God. Pray, repent of your sins, read your Bible. And live a godly life. Verse 3, Matthew 7, verse 3. Why do you seek the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye 
when there is the log in your own eye. For hypocrite, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So what are we talking about here? You know, who are we to judge? We've got the same problems as everybody else. You know? When he's talking about a big log, you know, we're, we're talking about a speck and then a big log. You know, the person we're talking about, well, let me help you get that speck out of your eye. Well, wait a second. We've got this big log in our eye. It's a little bit of hyperbole. This big log, it's not like a speck. It's so huge, right? That That's how he wants us to, to take and look at things. We need to humble ourselves. Because we all sin. Let's fix our own sin first. We have to work on ourselves. Take that big log out of our eye. When we reduce that, then we can help our brother or sister, whoever that needs that help. But we can see clear if we get it out of our own eye, can't we? But we're fleshly. We're born in sin. We live in sin. So we always have to be cognizant, aware of what we're doing so we don't fall into sinful traps. And when we do, we need to go to God. And he says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. you got to take care of yourself first. God's telling you right there. Now, Now, one of the things that go along with this, it's not just all of our sinful nature. You know, people people are like little peacocks. Think about that. They like to puff up their chest and I'm, you know, very take some people are very prideful. It's not they take pride in what they've done. Like I go out here and work a hard day. I take pride in my work. Why? Because that's the deal. I work so many hours, and I get paid. I'm going to take and do the best job I can do because I get paid to do it. I'm going to be proud of that job. doesn't matter what it is. But then other people are, look at me. Look at me. I've got these very fine clothes on that cost, you know, my suit was $5,000, and I went to Italy to get it. And my shoes are leather, and I, I don't know where the best place in the world to get leather shoes is, you know. But I've got them, and, and they were $500. Look at me. What's a little bit different when you're talking about you're, you're out there peacocking around with, with your suit on or your expensive things versus you're proud of your work and your labor, it's two different things, and it's pride. Think about that. Pride can be good, but pride can be bad as well. Do you take pride in saying your prayers every day? Do you take pride in talking to God, repenting of your sins? Do you take pride in the fact 
that you have allocated Bible time weekly, daily, to read, understand what God says? Hmm. Good questions. Matthew 7, verse 8, excuse me, 6. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now, what are we talking about here? Dogs back in old times. You know, it's not like today. Well, it is kind of not like today. Dogs were dirty, very dirty. They still are. Think about it. They go out in the grass, they poop, they walk, they pee, they step in their pee, they step in the poop, it's on their feet, they drag it around. If they're in their house and, and they've pooped, you'll notice they'll drag their butt on the floor. You've got poop on your floor and carpet, you may not be able to see it, but it's there. It's on their feet. Do they climb on your bed? But this, you know, why are you going to take and, you know, give this unclean thing something that's holy? You wouldn't. And then do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Well, think about that. we got pigs. Several places. Unclean, right? Old Testament, unclean. You know? The demons went out, went to the pigs, jumped off the cliff. Ah! Terrible. And then we're talking about, you know, you're not going to throw your pearls before the pigs so they could trample them up and, you know, turn them and, and they're just going to attack you. Well, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, right? The pearls. I don't mean the pearly gates, but it's the value of the message of Christ, what he has brought, how to seek salvation, what awaits you in heaven, how you can repent of your sins and be saved. But, just like with that pig, you're not going to let that pig, you're not going to stay around that pig or those dogs like that. At some point, you have to discern, just like we said with the other people in judging, when you need to just leave it alone. You know, you, you need to at some point say, you know, that's enough. Why are you going to, you know, if, if, the, if the word of God is that precious to you and people are just not going to get it and take it and, and, and they don't want it, you know, it doesn't mean that you're saying, you know, I'm done with you. It means, you know, I'm here when you want to talk about something. You know, I'm a Christian. When you want to talk about something, you know where I'm at. You don't have to shut that door. You didn't cut them off. The door's still open. But they have to make a choice. How many pearls are you going to throw in front of them and let them keep trampling it, and they just don't get it and treat it like the precious treasure it is? Hmm. 
Or are you just going to, you know, keep throwing it further? Well, you know, I know people who have children and they support their children that are, aren't children, they're adults. And, they, and they, the adults make mistakes. Uh, one in question, um, I'm not going to mention names, but the one individual uh, likes to drink, likes drugs. Um, the police are after them. And the, the parent in question, you know, houses them. They help them hide things. They keep giving them money. They keep supporting them. And it's been a cycle going on for years. Continual thefts, continual drugs, continual alcohol. Many, many, many times the police have been involved. And it wasn't innocent. The, the person was is actually guilty of everything, which is unfortunate. Um, but that's the way they want to live. And, you know, you talk to the person, and it's, well, I want to help them. and They're my child. And I understand that. Then let them be an adult. They're not your child anymore. They're your, they're your adult child. Let them learn. Because obviously you can't teach them. They need to learn through different measures. It doesn't mean you're giving up on them. It doesn't mean you're running away from them. It's just time for them to learn. Find your own peace. And that's part of it. But don't judge others. I, hey, I don't sit there and say, hey, what do you, you want to spend time with that scumbag for? Because they're just ruining your life. Just cut them loose. Get rid of them. And, you know, I don't understand why you still... I'm not saying that. I understand. They're part of your flesh. They're your child. You have a relationship with them. Because of what they do doesn't mean that you can't have a relationship with them. But you must discern what's true and what's not. You know? Remember those pearls. You can have a relationship without throwing pearls in front of them. It might be tough. They're going to be saying, oh, can I just have... You know, a couple hundred bucks, a thousand bucks. Nope, sure can't. I, I need some of this or that. Nope, sure can't. Need to get a job. You got a job, you need to stop spending your money on the drugs and alcohol. You can't do that, then you need to get counseling. You need to get some professional help. You need something else. More than what I can give you, because all I can do is make you go down that path that you're on a little further, and it'll be harder for you to get out of. But don't judge them. You're not judging them for that. You're you're remove you know you're removing some of that stuff out of your eye, and looking at the at the way it is. Now, if you had a drug problem or alcohol problem, that'd be a different story because you need to clean yourself up. You know, but you still don't want to judge. So think about yourself first, you know, oh, that person, really? What about you? Are you sitting here talking about them? So if you're willing to talk about them, I know you're probably willing to talk about me. You ever get around your family and they do that? You talk about people. Oh, yeah, I remember so-and-so. I was down to so-and-so. Yeah, well, you're talking about them. Well, do you talk about me when I leave too? Hmm. It's a good question. I've always wondered that. 
Could I put a little bug there and find out? You know, a little bug just to listen to what's going on. Be a fly on the wall. Maybe a little video camera. It's amazing. Think about it. Do you do you talk like that when somebody leaves? But you talk like that when they're there about somebody else. It's not just talking about people. You go out and see people and make judgments in your mind. Just just be cognizant of that. Be a better Christian. That's what we're trying to do. Be better Christians. And as Christians, you know, our politicians are the worst. So please take an active role. It is a Christian's responsibility to be involved. You have to be actively involved. You didn't go to God by sitting on the sideline. You actively went to God. And that's what God wants. He wants you to discern. Use Christian values, morals, ethics, ethics standards. Build up Christianity. You don't have to say anything to anybody. Your actions and what you do can be seen. But if you're, if you're of legal age, vote. It makes a difference who is in office. They need to represent what I was just saying. Your Christian morals, ethics, values, and standards. Think about that. If everybody did that, we, it'd be a big change. We don't want any more of this BS up there. We don't want any more of that. Got to balance your checkbook. You know, we do it at home. You got to do it in government. We don't want you wasting all this money on this other stuff. People work hard for their stuff. Let them understand the value of hard work. Take pride in that. You know, we say prideful. If people need help at times. I understand that. Everybody can use help at times. But when it's more than help, you know, at what point does it become more than help? But, but you know, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about being good Christians. So that's pretty much the sermon for this week. I hope everybody has had a blessed week. As always, I want to say, you know, Please don't go out there and hurt anybody. If you're thinking about hurting someone yourself or other, or you're you're sad, depressed, anything, just want to talk, go to Christian Life with Dr. William Baker at Podbean. Go to the contact me page and reach out to me. I will respond. God loves everybody and so do I. God loves you and so do I. You know, we're usually the hardest on ourselves. We judge ourselves the hardest. Don't. Start loving yourself. Increase the value of yourself, your own self-worth in your mind. You're worth it. You can make a difference. With that, this has been Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. I'm your host, Dr. William Baker. Have a blessed week. God bless. Mm -hmm.